Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. Welcome back. I, I think this is our 76th episode. I don't usually number them, but I, I had to go look at metrics for something the other day, and it, and it was 75, which I felt like goes a little bit of a milestone number. So thank you for listening and for letting this, this podcast go on. Uh, this, this might be one of the last podcasts that I do before I uh, have a baby. I'm due on August 21st, so that's coming up soon. And it's that, that crazy thing about birth is that I have no idea. I can't control this. It could happen tonight or it could happen beginning of September. Right now we're on August, uh, August 7th, right? Yes. And, um, and so it's, it's interesting, though, because I'm thinking a lot about, like, well, when does this baby want to be born and what does that mean? And it, it just so happens that I, I, I met this very cool astrology person, his name is James Moran, and um, he agreed to be a guest on the podcast. So, hi, James. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. Well, and I was just um, talking to James before, and I realized that I've, I've had um, some people talk on here talking about tarot and human design, but I've never had someone come on just talking about astrology before. And at this, this moment in time where dates feel really important, I'm happy to um, have this conversation and I'll start by reading your bio, which um, it's, I really like the way you wrote this, so I'll just I'll read what you wrote. Two forces seized James at a very young age. The first was the desire to create art. The second was the question, why are we here? This question led him on a journey of self-discovery that began in his adolescence by studying the deepest psychological and spirituality he could get his hands on, psychology and spirituality he could get his hands on. Soon thereafter, he began a decade-long exploration of yoga and meditation, all the while seeking to express his findings through the creative arts. In his early 30s, he discovered astrology, a symbolic language through which he could finally make sense of existence at the depths he sought and with which he could help others do the same. Since then, the insights offered by astrology have allowed him to help others see their core issues and transform those issues into their core strengths. Nice. Well, and, and just to offer a little of my own personal experience is that I had an astrology reading with James last week, which I, you know, I'm stepping into this whole new phase of life. And we went back into my original birth chart and looked at some of the forces that, that shaped who I was and how I look at things, which made a lot of sense, and looked at also how these forces that are happening currently are coming in. And I, I find it fascinating. I find it helpful. I find astrology readings with, with the right person to be really empowering. So I'm, um, but I don't always understand why that is exactly. So I'm looking forward to learning more about astrology from your perspective. So James, would you start by sharing a little bit more on, in your story of what it was about astrology that like made so much sense and, um, and how it's, how it's helped you to get to this place where you are in your life. Sure. Uh, I, I began studying astrology in my early 30s after uh, almost two decades of studying meditation and yoga. And when I discovered astrology, I didn't, I didn't pay much attention to it beforehand, um, except for the occasional newspaper horoscope and looking up at the stars, which I always like to do. Um, but then in my early 30s, somebody introduced me to it. I thought it would be kind of archaic and difficult, like the way that sailors navigate using the stars. And, and then my friend said, oh, it's simple. You know, it's like, uh, it's very simple. You just, you know, this and this. And then he directed me to a book, which I just devoured. And then I 
found that it was like it felt familiar to me. It felt like a, kind of a symbolic language of, um, you know, when you look at astrology, you look at the planets, and each planet is called an archetype, which is like a symbolic umbrella of meaning. <clears throat> and when, uh, when I discovered that arch- those archetypes and kind of the symbolic language of them, I, it just felt so familiar, and I totally got on board pretty much immediately and just read everything I could get my hands on. And then I think within a couple years, I was doing readings professionally, and that was almost a decade ago now. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's basically a process of um, seeing. It's funny because it's, it's a process of seeing what is seeing shedding light on, understanding that which is closest to ourselves, which is us, our life, the shape of our life, the shape of our psyche, our nature. And in the very beginning, before I kind of got initiated into astrology, um, you know, by being introduced to books on it, I, um, I thought, why would you look at something that's so far away? The thing that's the furthest thing away we can see to try and understand something that's so close, it didn't make sense to me. But then once I started studying it, I realized that it runs along a principle of as above, so below, or you know, this, you find this principle in traditional medicine of you know, like China, for instance, Chinese <coughs> Chinese medicine, um, where what's in the little picture is reflected in the big picture, and you get that again and again. Like what's in uh, um, what, like, for instance, our DNA, that's an easy example, you know, what's in our cells, the smallest little characteristic of our physical self, the DNA, is actually a reflection of the whole body, just like the whole body is a reflection of the DNA. Um, you know, you can look at the back of a leaf, and then if you, you know, look at uh, a riverbed from a Google satellite image, you're like, wow, these are the same kind of pattern uh, reproduced on larger scale or smaller scale. So basically along those principles, the sky, the moment that you're born, the big picture is kind of a picture of, of what was happening on the micro level, which is you coming into life. And uh, it's like a map, I guess you could say, of your psyche, of your life. And... Uh, you know, so I, I look at those maps, I look at those birth charts, and, and I can um, just see so much. It's nice to have a map, you know, just like it's nice to have a Google map when you need to get somewhere. It's nice to have a map that uh, kind of helps us understand our behavior patterns. Why does that keep happening again and again in my life? Help us understand kind of the rhythm of events as they unfold, different stages of life. Um, I'm not an astrologer who puts... Um, who gets real specific with predictions like, uh, you know, determining the, um, the exact day you're going to get married, the exact day you're going to give birth, the exact uh, sex of your child. Um, there are techniques for that, but I, um, I tend to just want to kind of help people understand um, on a little bit deeper level the rhythms of life um, and... And, and really their own nature, 
you know, so that we can act in line with our own nature. And it's a joy. I love doing it. I, re- I relate to what you say in terms of finding an archaic, complicated kind of uh, exterior science from another culture almost and, uh, and relating to it because that's how I felt when I found Ayurveda, which is mm-hmm. a lot of where my basis in self-care comes from. And it, mm-hmm. it is this idea that we're connected to everything. So the, we're connected to the, the stars and we're connected to the ways that the, the sun rises every morning and we're connected to the seasons. And in understanding that, we begin to understand ourselves fully it's, it's, there's a lot of information, it's just like astrology, it probably it's like an endless pursuit of learning. Like people go to school for, you know, dozens of years and don't learn everything about Ayurveda. But yet, I feel like there's, there's such a capacity when, um, for me to like learn that. And, and it feels so comforting to have a framework to start to see things in. I so, love it too, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, I, and I think that maybe that's like what we are missing sometimes in our culture is like a framework with which to understand what's happening in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And astrology does seem like a a powerful one of those. I look at what you, like when you were doing my chart, I was like, I don't understand any of this. It's like the symbology feels very foreign to me when I start to look at that and how it moves. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm curious, like, like I've always had this question about astrology, like, how much room do we have to move around with it? Because, like, I, I one interesting thing I, I told you about this during our reading was that I, I went and got an astrology reading at the very beginning of December, and the, the astrologer told me that I could get pregnant that month. I was actually already pregnant, but I just didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that I was, I was in a period of, like, a lot of fertility, let's say that. And I, I was amazed, of course, because, uh, you know, I, I like the more, um, the bigger themes and understanding the self-awareness around those. But sometimes the, I wonder, like, how much is sort of predestined in our life and, and how much room do we have to move around with that? So has yeah. astrology helped you understand that at all? Yeah, I, I think... Um... Yes, the answer is yes. Astrology has helped me kind of get an orientation around that, um, as well as as well as actually my meditation practice and and kind of the insights that it's given me. Because um, in studying astrology, I've kind of traveled across different schools and kind of seen what different schools of astrology are capable of, and learned different things from different schools and. And astrologers, some astrologers can get pretty specific with their predictions. And I noticed that a lot in India. I spent a lot of, a number of years living in India, and, and uh, um, which is funny. I spent all my, all my time studying yoga and, and meditation was all from India. Um, but yet when I started studying astrology, for one reason or another, I started studying Western astrology. Um, but I got to experience uh, the Vedic astrology, the astrology practice that comes out of India. And, yeah, they can get pretty specific. They can, uh, it's, it's actually like woven into the weave of the culture astrology is. It's, it's almost like for in the mainstream Indian culture, it's almost like hard to imagine life without an astrologer, especially when it comes to oftentimes planning weddings uh, that date is usually chosen by an astrologer. The, that in, in fact, a lot of times the couple, uh, usually in India, their marriages are arranged by the parents, not always, um, but oftentimes. Um, and then it goes through a check with the astrologer. The astrologer looks at the charts, and there are two charts and sees if they're compatible. 
Um, so yeah, so you can get pretty specific. I, um, I personally don't get that specific one because I haven't kind of spent the time studying those specific techniques, and two because I, um, I don't, I'm not as excited personally about um, getting real specific. I'm more excited about kind of helping people get through patterns um, that they're entrenched in, and they really want to know how to kind of transform their lives, really. Um, and, uh, but I have noticed through meditation uh, that kind of each moment as, you know, we're really always in one moment, the present moment, but the, as far as the contents of the present moment go, they're always changing. Um, and so, you know, we're from one moment to the next, you know, always in a flux of, of, of change. You know, our bodies are changing, the scenario around us is changing, everything's changing. And uh, what we make of that seems to be of, of importance in terms of our happiness in life. Um, you know, whether if somebody says, you know, you're going to be in an accident, you know, like kind of astrologer says, um, somebody who's into very co concrete predictions might say, like, you be careful because you could be in an accident at, on this specific week of this specific month. Um, so that could be scary. Like, you know, like I, that could be scary. But, you know, if, say, you were in an accident, you never know. That accident could be something wonderful in your life. It could be a real come-to-Jesus moment or something in your life where you stop the reckless behavior that you've been doing and you get your life on track. It could be, you know, it could, it could be any number of things that we make of the situation in that moment. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've learned from meditation, that it doesn't actually matter so much. It's not the, the situation that is arising externally does not actually matter as much as our internal interpretation of that situation. Um, for what, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, it makes me think of this story. I can't think of, of who, what the guru was, but it was like an Indian guru was talking to his, you know, disciples or followers. And he was like, have you not, like, under, gotten it by now? I just, like, don't really care what happens. <laughs> like, that's the teaching is that, like, whatever happens, that's okay. And, you know, I can respond to that. And, and I, I always think about that. It's like if we didn't assign those labels of good or bad, like, could we just be okay with how things were unfolding? in our lives. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a story, I, I read it, I think it's like a Chinese kind of, uh, kind of like proverb, proverbial proverb type story, but it's, it's, I think I read it from Tisnahan where there's a, um, there's a farmer and he has his horse, beautiful horse, and then a bunch of horses at night, wild horses come through town and attract that horse out of the corral and it runs away. And, the, the, you know, so the neighbors say the next day, oh, my God, you're so unlucky. You lost your horse. And then the next day that his horse comes back bringing all those wild horses with it. And so now he's got five horses. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. Now you have five horses. And then while the son of the farmer is trying to break one of those horses and train it, he falls off and breaks his arm. And then again, the next day the neighbors are like, oh, my God, you're so unlucky. And then the next day after that, the army comes into town and takes all the young, able-bodied men and 
conscripts them to war. And then again, the neighbors, and they didn't take his son because he had a broken arm. And again, the neighbors say, oh, you're so lucky. It was kind of like uh, this emphasis on things are always changing and, and uh, we, it, it's changing almost too fast for us to pin kind of uh, labels on whether things are good or bad. You know, it's almost more worth it just to go along with what's happening and try and make the best of everything. Mm. Which is why I imagine, you know, someone wants to come see you is to make sense of like the many varied things that can happen within a period of time or a lifetime. So, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the normal process? It's like, what do people normally come talk to you about when they book a session with you and, and you know, walk us through like a typical kind of like session with you? Sure. Sure. It usually ends up being that the person, the people that come to me tend to be, um, close at or close to their wits end with trying with with usually like behavior patterns like some uh some kind of pattern in their life that they want to change um and so sometimes that it comes right off the bat when they uh go to my website and and book a reading and and you know i have a little prompt that says you can ask questions right now if you like that you'd like the re- the reading to focus on, or, or of course you can ask during the reading, or, or just, or not even ask any questions, whatever you like. But oftentimes people will ask in the beginning something which is kind of, either it'll be straight to the core, like I'm very frustrated with this, I want to change, and I'm ready, or it'll be something superficial. Um, but usually by the time the reading gets going, it's clear that you know, we're talking about this person wants insight into their life and how to kind of make their life work for them rather than, than kind of being, having their life working on them. Um, and uh, so usually what I do is I'll pull up the birth chart and then I'll pull up a transit chart. And the birth chart is a kind of picture, like a pictogram of the sky when, the, when that person was born. Um, and then the transit chart is, well, the, the birth chart, that pictogram of the sky, we can look at that to understand kind of the whole person. You can look at that at any point in life and always learn new things. It's kind of a holistic total view of your life and your mind, almost like if you could look in some type of magic mirror that could show you not just the surface of your features, but kind of the heart of your <laughs> soul in a way. Um, and then the transit chart is, um, is we take that birth chart and we, we draw a wider concentric circle around it, which is where the planets are now. And that transit chart is specific to a specific period of time. Uh, for instance, you know, a lot of people want to look at now through the next year. So we spend some time talking about the, the birth chart, which is the person themselves and their life, and, and kind of how those challenges and behavior patterns can kind of be shown under a light, a lamp of insight so that they become understood and they become allies rather than kind of enemies. Um, and then we look at the transit chart, which is kind of gives us a sense of the rhythm of the unfolding of the coming year. Um, for instance, 
you know, the first part of the year is going to be about um, uh, like, like I'll give an example. I gave a reading for a woman actually in a similar uh, scenario as you. She was about to give birth. And we could see, like, the first part of the year, there was a lot about – she had also just taken on a, a new job, interestingly. Um, and so the beginning part of the year was a lot about getting things from other people, like gifts um, from other people, and then also getting a new job and begin, being given a lot of power in that new job. But then that transitioned over to more of a kind of um, – uh, 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 you know, giving birth and having a more of a uh, less externally oriented role of having power out in society and a little bit more kind of focused on the nurturing part, the being kind of with with their, themselves and with the baby. Um, but it can be anything. I mean, you know, you look at a transit chart, it could be, you know, the first few months where it's out dealing mostly with issues having to do with the family and the home. Maybe as we move forward, there's some kind of career, something going on, uh, stuff like that. It's basically rhythm. It's the rhythm of, that's what I focus on at least when I give readings. What's the rhythm of the, of the next year? What's the music so you can understand kind of which, which foot to put forward, kind of how to, is the rhythm going to be fast? Is it going to be kind of, relaxed? Is it, is, how, how is it? What, when, as we dance into the year ahead, what should we expect from the, from the rhythm so that we can kind of get into the groove? Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the, I'd say that's a standard reading that I give. And how do, how do people emerge from it? Like what's the feedback do you, that you get? It's, it's interesting. Um, People, uh, it depends. Like if we get, we tend to oftentimes get pretty deep. Um, and so people can emerge either really excited. Um, they can emerge um, kind of like, uh, sometimes occasionally you, you have them emerge almost like a deer in the headlights because it's, 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 it's like a, you know, we're seeing, When, when we have a, a pattern in life, oftentimes it's because we don't see the role that we play in it. And when that, ro when that role has come to light and we see that actually, oh, we do have some, there is some play in this pattern. There's, there's some, I do have some power, some say, through, through understanding, through self-understanding. I have some, some ability to understand the side of myself and not have it kind of be like coming at me from the side. So people sometimes get such a fresh view that they're almost like a deer in the headlights. Um, and then they go away and they kind of process it, whether it's through their dreams or through doing some reading, you know, studying whatever, maybe astrology, but not necessarily astrology. They could maybe study whatever, they're curious about that it helps them to understand what just happened in the reading um, and then come back with a new understanding that they've kind of digested basically. Some people digest very quickly. Some people take a while to digest. Um, some people 
I, I, I'm beginning to recommend more and more like multiple readings to maybe have a reading and then have another reading, maybe three or four, whether spread out over three or four years or spread out over uh, three or four months, you know, any, anywhere in there. Um, yeah, so, and then again, some people will be, that will be obvious because they'll be in a crisis. And, uh, you know, if they, they might have a reading every two weeks um, to help them kind of navigate the sticky situation that they're in. Um, other people will, you know, take more time to kind of let it sink in and slowly let the process move forward. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of our reading that we, we did together last week, and, uh, and I, I felt really calmed by it because it, I, I didn't feel like you told me anything I didn't already know about myself. <laughs> Cool. Like you, you like yeah you like but you were like yeah okay so there's sort of this big kind of like influence of like openness and expansiveness in your childhood and then also sort of these like interesting like boundaries and like this is common maybe with people who are homeless with addiction and you know it just I was like yep mm-hmm, yeah uh, yep that's kind of what I've always dealt with <laughs> and yeah. what I continue to deal with and that balance between boundaries and then openness and um, but yet I, there's something about getting a little bit more context for like, okay, it's not, it's not just random, but like, this is just what I'm dealing with in my life. This is my makeup. And it helps yeah. me to stop fighting against it. But it's like, I actually feel like, okay, like more of a sense of empowerment, which is interesting. Totally. It feels a little paradoxical because we're, we're getting this like, okay, these outside influences of like, this was just all aligned before, you know, you, you even entered the world really. And, yeah. um, and yet, within that randomness, I feel that there's actually a lot more space for real responsibility. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I mean, that's it, what I think is so beautiful about it. Is I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think you're right. There are actually a number of clients, now that you mention it, who do feel, and I, I see it even myself when I look at my own birth chart, they feel relaxed by it. And sometimes that gives them a, a bit more energy because they're not resisting sides of themselves. It's almost like um, it's almost like saying, yeah, these, 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 this part, this part, and this part, you know, you're born with these energies. This is part of you, you know. And when you accept it, it can kind of manifest in a way that is um, more towards the productive side. It can show up more as a strength. It's usually when we resist these energies that they tend to stay on a level that's a bit of a, um, like a lower level, like a bit more challenging um, for us. And when, you know, we point these out and we say, you know, it, this, because if, I mean, I'm, I'm an astrologer, so I look at these charts and I, I find beauty in the charts. Um, that's kind of like my mode of, of my particular angle on, on the world. Um, and, the re- and, and one of the reasons why is because just going through life, it's, it's easy to say, well, that person outside of me behaved badly in a way that I didn't like and it caused a lot of problems for me. Um, and then I ran into a similar dynamic a few years later, a similar dynamic a few years later, a similar dynamic a few years later, 
But each time it's not, you know, as far as we're concerned here on earth, we look around, whatever's not, whatever's beyond my skin is not me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm this body and this mind, but whatever is outside is just external to me. So I, I know that the same thing keeps happening to me, but it's their problem. It's not my problem. Um, but there's something kind of like that, there's something kind of that's, that can set one at ease about knowing that actually these energies that show up in your life, you know, they show up in, the, in your life as, through the form of these other people. But this is energy that you're born with. This is your life. Your life extends beyond your skin. It's, it's your life. It's, it's the people you meet. It's the, the family you have. It's the whole, the whole experience of you being you and living your life. That's your life. And that, that life is shown in the birth chart and the energies of that life are there. You know, this energy is there. And then once it's accepted, oh, oh, that is part of my life. It's a part of my life. It's part of, you know, it's, it is a part of me. Then there's something that kind of lets a bit of the defenses down and allows us to um, kind of accept the energies of our life in such a way that they don't... Uh, they don't stay on that level where they, they manifest as somebody external that we're like, that we don't like or that's behaving badly and we don't want it. It kind of, if we, if we let, you know, if we kind of accept, like, this is the energy I'm born with. I'm born with this type of energy. Um, then we find those patterns change. They change. They, you know, like, we, we become the active agents in our life. We're no longer, like, victim as much to seemingly victim to things that are popping up around us. Like to, to make it a little bit more concrete, like give a little bit more concrete example. Um, so uh, I'll use the, um, the archetype of Mars um, because that's a fairly common one and it's been showing up a lot in my readings recently. Um, Mars is the archetype. Mars was the god of war in ancient Greece. And uh, the archetype of Mars ex expands, I mean, the, the, the spectrum of Mars extends all the way from on one end, you have things like war, argument, uh, all the way to the other end, where you have things like bravery, assertiveness, um, agency, athleticism, competition, uh, drive, get up and go, things like that. And so... Um, if, if, if there's a situation where somebody keeps kind of getting picked on by other people or, or ending up in these scenarios where there keeps being like kind of uh, aggressive energy in their sphere of experience um, that's directed kind of at them and it's different people each time, uh, the, it's, the way I like to say it is that the universe is sending evite. It's... it's, it's you know, when you get an evite in your mail, if you don't answer it, it kind of comes again and again. And I like that metaphor because it's basically saying that this this situation that keeps coming up, it, it keeps coming up because it hasn't been followed through fully. When 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 that Mars energy comes from outside, Mars energy has to have a direction. And if it's not aimed from oneself out, it's going to probably be aimed 
at oneself. So, you know, kind of getting somebody might bring a confrontation or attacking type of energy in one's direction. But, you know, when we, when we kind of, no matter who we are, anybody, everybody's got the little warrior inside them. Everybody's got a little warrior inside them. Um, and so you, you, you know, when we take that energy and we see like, oh, this is my Mars energy. That's my Mars energy you've got there. You know, this person's confronting you. It's my Mars energy. Give that back to me. Stand up for myself. You know, who's confronting who here? You know, kind of own that energy and kind of, and, and, and the whole dynamic changes. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's almost like you've leached away all the, the external Mars and kind of integrated it inside and the dynamic changes. So that, that, um, that's kind of accepting the evite basically um, from the universe. And that, that can manifest in any number of ways with all the different archetypes of Venus and Neptune and Saturn and Moon and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's just one example. Hmm. I, I was just listening to an interview with uh, this, this researcher and um, psychologist. I, I don't know exactly what it is. His name is Dr. Mario Martinez, and he wrote this book called The Mind-Body Code. But he was talking about how when we get triggered, we're, we're like in a situation, we're getting triggered like every time we've ever experienced that. So if you feel aggression in a situation or we feel shame in a situation, we're like kind of touching into that bigger fabric of, of our whole experience. Uh-huh. And so that's why something really small can feel really big sometimes. But what he was saying that we need to do to like master that is to like practice the opposite of it in that situation. So it's like to go and, and like in a situation you'd normally feel shame and just want to uh-huh. kind of get low and beat yourself up that like, for you to stand up for yourself in that situation can start to reverse that whole pattern. So I'm, I'm hearing a lot of that in what you're saying, too. It feels like a lot of your work is helping people break destructive patterns and giving them um, more options for how to, how to act and how to, how to create a shift in their life experience. Totally. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, the brilliance of these arch- archetypes, basically, is that they, um, one archetype will itself be its own medicine for itself, in a homeopathic way. Like, for instance, Saturn. Saturn is, you know, when it manifests on the lower end, like the real challenging end, it's like mundane burdens and deadlines and bills you got to pay and like, or, you know, you get your car towed or you get a ticket or, you know, like there's real mundane kind of burdensome obligations. Um, or, you know, the authorities come down on you. And it's funny because the, the medicine for Saturn is actually Saturn, is actually like the homeopathic, but the other side of Saturn, like the perseverance, the maturity, you know, own, having one's own authority, kind of the discipline, like all these things that it takes to, you know, work and meet the deadline and, you know, pay the bills. And it's, it's a... Um, yeah, it's kind of like a homeopathic interaction, which I love. That's great. <laughs> I I'm curious if um, if you like ascribe to the the Saturn returns and your form of astrology that you read, and um, and if you could explain that a little bit more, because I feel like that comes up a lot, um, especially talking to people who are reaching that 28 year mark. Yeah, totally. Um, the Saturn return is is uh, 
Yeah, very important. It's the it it each each planet, um, everything from the sun and moon through you know Pluto, Neptune and Pluto, they all have a period of time that they take to go around the sun, basically to go around the zodiac and come back to a certain point. Um, so when we're born, we're born, and Saturn was at a certain point. And then it takes roughly 28 years, or 28.5 roughly, for it to go around one time and come back to where it was. Um, it it's, takes, takes a while. It's, you know, the moon takes 28 days to go around once the zodiac. The sun obviously takes a year. That's our, that's our birthday is when the sun goes around the zodiac and comes back to the same degree where it was when you were born. That's when we celebrate our birthday. Um, and Saturn takes, you know, 28, 29 years to go around. And it's, that, and it's that time when the archetype of Saturn is, you could say, transiting itself, which in astrological parlance, that means that you have, Saturn has returned to where it was, so you have kind of your double, your double layering of Saturn, your double, doubling up of, of the Saturn archetype in your life. And the Saturn's associated with things like tests, deadlines, um, maturity, discipline. You know, like tests and deadlines are all the things that require us to be disciplined, rigorous, to persevere, um, to be prepared. Those are all the positive attributes of, of Saturn that come from having something like a deadline or like a, some type of... Uh, Reality check. The Saturn is associated with reality checks. Um, so when the Saturn return comes, it's kind of a test to see how much we've really matured, um, to see if we're ready to go on to the next round of Saturn going again around one more time. And uh, if we've really matured, it, it's like a test. The test comes to see how much we've matured. And it's often through that test that we get to show the universe how much we've matured because we have to face that test. So sometimes, oftentimes when Saturn return comes, when we're 28, 29 years old, we have a time where we kind of have to like be more adult. We have to, um, we have to be kind of get just more mature and we got to face a number of kind of realities, a number of the, burdens of mundane reality in a kind of a very real way. Um, there's, to, to give you an idea of what it looks like to not pass the test, we have, at least in this culture, I think, I'm going to guess probably in other cultures too, we have um, the, the 27 Club, which is kind of a, a group of uh, kind of rock star personalities that never made it um, beyond 27, never made it into the Saturn return, uh, like uh, Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Kurt Cobain. And there's quite a number of them, um, Tupac Shakur, and, uh, although I think he was 25. But basically, the, the people who kind of lived the life of celebrity and youth at a certain level but didn't make it through the kind of 
the birth canal into the next stage of maturity, which is um, a little bit less flashy and kind of more mundane. Um, yeah, so the Saturn return, and then, and then Saturn return right now is actually pretty important because the, those that are going through Saturn return right now, so people that are like 28, 29 years old right now, maybe 27, 28, 29, um, I think, well, let me think, it's probably around, yeah, I think about 27, 28 years old are the people that were born in the late 80s, uh, like 89, 90. Um, and at that time, we had what's called a triple conjunction of Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune in the sky, um, which is an, ast- an astrological kind of you know, uh, traditions, that's a big deal. And then the people that are having their Saturn return are having Saturn go over that triple conjunction um, because they're having their Saturn return. So it's pretty important, actually, Saturn return for that specific kind of cohort of people because Saturn return itself just alone is kind of uh, a reckoning time, reckoning with maturity. But to have it go over Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune all three of them together is kind of an added challenge, I would say. Potential strengths are that much more, it has that much more potential strengths because of the challenge. But I would say, yes, definitely challenging time for those, for those particular people just because of the year they were born in and, uh, and what that entails. And so anyways, sometimes I give readings for people that are, in that group, and I'm happy to help because it's, uh, it's I know it's challenging, so I'm happy to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, something that you said during our reading, which I liked a lot, was that um, the more complicated a chart, the more, you know, potential suffering there is there, but also the more potential greatness there is there if you can learn how to work with it. Definitely, so, no doubt, no doubt. That, that brings that up. It's like if you're out there and you're like, my stars are not aligned, um, that maybe that, that there is something. But, but I think the self-awareness is, is the key. And, um, well, um, well, how do you deal with skeptics in, in astrology? How, how do I deal with what? Skeptics, like people who are like, that has no bearing in my life at all. I mean, maybe you just don't deal with them, but I'm curious if you have a response for people who just don't see how astrology could ever affect them. Um, I, I like them. I, I, I don't mind skeptics. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I can relate because, you know, I, I love astrology. I practice astrology every day. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. I love it. Like, I'm, I'm into it. I'm sold. But, like, like how it happened, I don't know. I just love it. Um, but, you know, before I got into it, I wasn't into it. So I'm like, when people are like, I'm not into it, I'm like, yeah, I relate because, I don't know, I wasn't that into it, you know. It just happened to seize me, and, and I love it. So I, I don't – but I don't feel I – the need to have to dissuade anybody from their opinion. If, if somebody feels that it's not for them, then I'm, I'm more comfortable just listening to them kind of be themselves and be with what they're comfortable with rather than trying to, um, you know, force any of my 
perspectives on them. My perspectives are available for anybody who wants to avail themselves of them. But, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too pushy with the whole thing. In fact, sometimes I, this is not always the case, but sometimes I get along better with skeptics than with astrologers. Um, because, because um, and that's not to say I don't get along with astrologers. I've got, you know, most of my friends, a lot of my good friends are astrologers, but um, you know, astrologers, uh, for the sake of advancing the art, we're always kind of bouncing ideas off each other and trying to see, like, you know, does this work? Does that work? Kind of challenge this, challenge that. Um, and then skeptics, I'm just like, oh, so you're skeptic, uh, you know? I, I don't have any problem with that. Whereas with astrologers, you know, it's kind of like a push and pull of trying to figure out, like, what what you know, is there a way we can understand the archetypes more? Is there a way we can flesh it out more? Like, what's your perspective on it? What's my perspective on it? Um, so, yeah. So, I, um, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I teach, I've, I've taught yoga for many years as well. And, you know, there's plenty of people in my classes that are skeptics of astrology. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, don't trip, you know. You're in a yoga class. Good for you. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's great. And okay. So uh, this is. I wish I. We, this could be endless because I'm so curious about it. So I, I think I'll just probably have to do another reading with you. Um, but as as we wind down this conversation, mm-hmm. um, what what is self care for you? It's a question I like to ask everyone who comes onto the show, and I'm always very curious because the answers are, are quite different sometimes. an astrologer I'm also an artist and uh, the two are quite wedded inside me a lot of the art that I create is um, either directly inspired by astrology you know sculptures or whatnot that have very obviously have very obvious astrological themes or you know I, I do a lot of writing um, both nonfiction and fiction and you know even poetry and plays and well, they might not be overtly about astrology. There's oftentimes similar principles in in whatever I do. So yeah, so I'm I'm an artist and I'm an astrologer. Those two are kind of joined inside me. And and whatever I do, I feel that my um my body and my mind are my tools. Like I can't I can't give a reading unless I'm well rested, unless I'm kind of my 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 internal chemistry is going okay. I also can't really engage in much art unless my body is, um, you know, okay. And so my body and my mind are kind of the tools. And there's also a fine-tuning part of it, which has come, I don't know if it's come from my meditation practice or my yoga practice, but certainly my meditation practice and yoga practice have helped me become sensitive to it. But there's kind of some type of alignment of energy in my body, um, perhaps around the chakras. Like, you know, it's kind of has to do with the heart and the, the mind, the heart, things like that, that kind of have to be lined up on a, it's a little bit more subtle kind of tinkering inside me that has to, um, if I'm going to give a reading in a good way, if I'm going to create a piece of art in a good way, um, 
So in order to get all those things, I need to um, take care of myself. I need to make sure I get good rest, which usually entails me going to bed early and waking up early. I do yoga just about every day, which helps me um, kind of realign everything and clear out like fuzzy-headedness. Um, kind of helps me ground too. Helps me get like literally touch the ground and get grounded. Um, I do. I usually practice some meditation, which at this point in my life is kind of mostly a physical practice of um, also grounding and kind of uh, just being kind of physically checking in with my body and making sure it's running well and that my mind's that I'm all that I'm all one that my mind and body are all kind of here together in the present. Um, and so I yeah that's I have to. I have to take care of myself in that way in order to work. Otherwise, it, it it doesn't happen very well. I'm a I have a more of like an introverted constitution than an extroverted constitution. I love being around people. I love public speaking. I don't have any problem with those things, but my battery gets filled when I'm alone working on a project or being very focused on something like astrology and art. Um, so I try to keep the number of hours balanced in such a way that I'm, I'm, I'm honoring that side of myself because then I've got energy. I've got, I've got what I, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm kind of lined up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to read charts. I'm ready to create whatever I'm going to create. I'm ready for whatever's the next thing that I have to offer the universe, the kind of meeting point with what's arising within me and what the universe is bringing from without to meet. Um, yeah, so it's it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I kind of it's big for me self care because um, you know a lot of it I guess has to do with the introversion piece because um, if I get kind of out of whack, then I'm I'm not much help <laughs> like to others or to myself. Um, so I kind of have to just like. Uh, kind of have my life, um, yeah, I guess, I guess kind of contour my life to, to some extent as a life of self-care, not fully because I don't want to be too controlling. I don't want to, I don't want to try and leave out the spontaneous energy of life to make things, you know, to bring in things that you can't plan on. So I, I can't, you know, I just gotta have to go with life. But, but yeah, I keep always keep an eye on self care, for sure. Um, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I, I will, and, and I, I really like that last part you're saying. I, it's been a long journey for me to understand that self care is actually like flex and flow. But like sometimes I go real in with the discipline and the, going to bed early, and sometimes there's a flow of like just showing up and letting myself be present for what's actually happening and not fighting against it. So I, I see both of those as being important. Um, James, how can people stay in touch with you and learn more about the work that you do and the art that you make and potentially book a reading with you? Yeah, great. Um, the hub for all of my offerings is my website, which is James Moran. Dot org. That's J A M E S Moran M O R A N dot org. Um, you can, there, all the readings are there. Uh, 
all the different packages I offer. I also have a blog there, which uh, is a lot of fun, I feel. That's a lot of where kind of the fun comes into the whole offering little tidbits of, of uh, wisdom mixed with just some fun. Um, and uh, then from there you can link to, I'm on Facebook, uh, James, it's uh, James Moran, Artist Astrologer. And then I'm on, I'm on Instagram, I'm on um, just about every social media, Twitter, etc. I also have a YouTube channel, which is also James Moran. Um, if you search for James Moran and astrology, that will also. Uh, I do a weekly video, uh, which is answering questions. A lot of times people have just kind of simple questions that are just a sentence or two that are not a whole reading's worth of questions. And what they'll do is they'll write in to my email, which is james at jamesmoran.org, uh, and they'll ask a question um, for the Dear Stars podcast, or not podcast, a YouTube video series. And what I do is I go online, um, usually every Wednesday night, live on Facebook, but it ends up on YouTube too, um, and just answer questions people have. You know, a lot of, there's an eclipse coming up. A lot of people ask questions about the eclipses, um, how it's going to affect them, or they just ask a question about their life. Um, if, if, if anybody listening wants to do that, you're welcome to just uh, email, uh, yeah, email me at james at jamesmoran.org. Put dear stars in the subject line. If your question is about life and if, if your question is about your life in particular, uh, just include your birth date, place, and also time if you have it. If you don't have the time, it's okay. But if you do have the time, include that. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, but the, the hub for all that stuff is uh, jamesmoran.org. You can connect to my YouTube, my Facebook. You can look at my, my events, calendar, book a reading. It's all there. Awesome. All right, well, check out James' work. And um, it's, thank you for just putting so much information out there. And for our conversation yeah. today, I feel like I learned a lot about astrology and, um, and how to make it really practical and how to really Grace. make it for, for self-care. Awesome. Gracie, can I add one last thing before I go? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, one of the fun things that we talk about in astrology is synchronicity, which is kind of like when things show up in a fun way that couldn't be pre-planned. Um, and uh, it's fun because you, you, you said that your due date is the 21st of August, which is actually the day of the eclipse. Um, and I, I just had to point that out because I actually, right before I did this podcast, I got off the phone with somebody I was giving a reading for who was born on a solar eclipse. Oh, really? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm so excited to, you know, see when, when this little babe is born and then contact you and get, get his first reading, too. So just, uh, be in touch with that. But that's, yeah, I love it. Well, I feel like meeting you was a, was a nice stroke of synchronicity and um, happy to share your, your wisdom and your thoughts on, on the stars and all that they yeah. contain here. So thanks for taking the time. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening out there. You know, it's, it's like all of these things that we talk about on here, they're tools. And, and I think any of them we can use to, to go deeper into ourselves. But I, I really love what James is saying about just that pattern of looking at, like, 
where do we keep showing up? Even if it doesn't seem like our fault, like how can we just start to get more curious about what, what keeps happening habitually and step into that new level of, of responsibility and maturity like when, when life is asking us to do that. And I think getting a little extra support like a tarot reading or uh, astrology reading or whatever it is for you can be a great great thing in that moment. So thank you, James. Yeah, for thank you. To staying in touch. Bye, everyone. Keep taking care of yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm.